all. But um, but every time that that is shared, I understand some pretty powerful and amazing things tend to happen. Um, so I'm uh, I, I know most of you probably know who I am. I'm Brent Locker. This is my wife Suzanne, and we're pastors. Thank you. We are joy-filled pastors of Blazing Fire Church, um, and it's a fun place to pastor because we got a bunch of joy-filled, Jesus-loving people. So, um, and <laughs> so we we just want to welcome you. Um, I'm going to introduce uh, Bill and Carol in just a moment because they're going to uh, Bill's going to be speaking tonight. A couple of practical things. Um, this is we're we're using this place, uh, the graciousness of Celebration Christian Church. So out of the honor of the house, we need to make sure we abide by their rules, which is absolutely no food in here all weekend. Water is cool. Anything else is not. Uh, don't bring your Starbucks in in the morning, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, if you're hungry during the day, no problem. Just take it out to the lobby and eat it, okay, and then come on back in. It's just an honor thing. So thank you for that. Name tags. These name tags are super important. Um, if you registered for the daytime sessions, you will have a name tag. Um, and you need to bring them back tomorrow. It's super important uh, because there's a school here on campus, a grade school, and, and we can't just have people wandering for obvious reasons, can't have people wandering around that aren't part of this. So therefore, this is why you must have them. So if you're one of those that maybe will go home and leave it on your nightstand or leave it there, can I recommend tonight in your car, like put it on the rearview mirror or something like that? so that you won't forget it tomorrow, because you really need to have them. It's, it's really important. Uh, one last thing. Um, if you are a pastor here, you, you might already know about this, but you might not. I host uh, a gathering twice a year called a Bay Area Kingdom Advance. We've been doing it for about six years now, um, and uh, we, it's actually going to happen this Saturday morning right here. And so if you've, some of you have already received the invitation, some of you in this room are already coming, but if you have not, if you're a pastor of a church, tonight, give me your card, and I will email you an invitation tonight, and you can still come Saturday morning. It is free. Um, the, the Oaks and the Dews will be here to minister. We have pastors from as far north as Santa Rosa, as far south as Fresno, up into the mountains. They all come gather in a couple times a year. It's very encouraging. It's awesome. It's the body of Christ coming together in an amazing way. So if you'd like to be part of that, um, when you, then give me your card tonight, and I'll send you an invitation. Um, and, okay, we're going to take an offering right now before we call out Bill. And I'll tell you, uh, w again, we're going to take an offering each night, not during the day sessions, but during the night sessions, to bless them. And this is just part of honor. I mentioned honor a minute ago. Part of honor is is that we say to those who God has clearly um, has his hand upon, who's doing amazing things to stir up the kingdom, we say we love and honor and bless you, and we want you to keep going. That's part of what we're doing when we're giving an offering. We say, man, you guys keep going for it. Of course, everything they're doing is, is, uh, is by faith. Um, isn't that true of every person in this room? Every day is a day of faith, like, but the good news is that we have a father who loves to take care of his kids. One of the things, though, is that, that you need to know about, about Papa is that he's, 
He's a wildly hilarious, generous giver. He really is. He, any good parent would be that way, uh, but he's the best of the best. And he loves to pour it on. And w when we start to get his heart and start to be that joyful giver, he says, oh, that's it. I'm so glad you get it. Now I can, now I can pour even more resources into you because you know what to do with it. You know to give it away joyfully. It's, it's just the way the kingdom is. So we're going to take an offering. It's for and everything we get on these night sessions, all of it is going to the Oaks and the Dews ministry. We're not, we're not collecting any of that for, you know, the, the rent in here or, or anything like that. It's simply to bless them. The daytime session, you guys get paid that. That's what that's going for, is just to pay for some of our incidentals. But all the offering is going for them, okay? And they're doing amazing things. I wish I had the time to tell it, but you're going to hear a bunch this weekend. Um, checks, make payable to Blazing Fire Church. And um, and then again at the end we're going to turn around and write write them a check. So it's all going to them. Any cash is all going to them. Um, do we have people that are ready to take that? Kim, okay, come on up. And um, yeah, go ahead and pass the baskets around. And as you're doing that, one last one last announcement. Um, when you walked in. Some of you might have seen, there's still some flyers out there for our Kingdom Training School of Supernatural Ministry, which actually started almost two weeks ago. The reason why we still have flyers out there is because when we saw this conference coming in the distance and we saw that it was going to be two weeks after the start of our school, we realized there may be some people here who are going to get stirred up in the supernatural, and then after this conference, you're going to say, i got to have more. There's got to be more than this. And my answer is absolutely, there's more. And if you are able, it's a Tuesday through Friday school, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And we're going to share a whole lot more on Saturday night, especially about it. We're going to share for several minutes and have a testimony, and you'll get to get to hear more about it. But I'm just telling you now, if that, if that piques your interest at all, the School of the Supernatural, you will come out in nine months a totally changed person. Um, just pick up a flyer, and where did Lonnie go? Oh, Lonnie, just wave real quick. That's Lonnie Ellis right there. He's the, he's the director of our school, so if you wanted to talk to him about it, he's the guy to come, come talk to you at, at any point. So at this point, while we're just finishing up the offering, I get to introduce Bill and Carol. Uh, Bill and Carol do. I'm, I'm going to introduce them both, even though Bill's the one coming up, because, because they're a team. And because Suzanne and I love them both dearly, um, they're, it's not just Bill, it's not just Carol, they're Bill and Carol. And uh, amazing people. We've known them for 01, so nine years or something, nine or ten years. And, and it's been glorious. And, and our friendship has grown and grown. And, and we've had them to blazing fire most years. They've come some point during their to stir it all up again. They have this stirring it up, fan into the flame gift that is, that is awesome. And um, uh, Carol will be able to share later in the weekend. She, God has, has particularly given her a gift of, of uh, being able to help people to grow in the whole inner healing ministry, the Sozo ministry. They've done training all over the world. They just got back from Hong Kong where they did Sozo training. They've been in Japan. It's, it's amazing. Uh, all over the world. Bill and, and Carol both, they take teams continuously out to uh, 
South America, Central America, other places to, to come and bring the healing that people are hungering for. But a while back, not too long ago, they decided, hey, let's do more of that right here in the United States. Because how many of you know we shouldn't hear of all the greatest miracles over there? <laughs> they are happening here, actually, quite a bit. But we want more and more here in the States. And so they have, they have decided to do these Angels and Miracles Conference to stir it all up here. And I'm so glad you're here to receive. Open your spirits up big and wide. Open your hearts up and say, Holy Spirit, give me whatever you have for me. <laughs> That's just a great prayer right there. So with that, I give you Bill Dew. Let's honor him. Black Mazda, lights are on, 6LIX834, it's already been a half an hour, so I'll go do it now. Oh, and parking in the morning, in the morning, um, because of the school, it's better if you go to the second exit you come to, that's why we have the signs over there, only the second exit, and park over there if you're in the daytime, don't park in the first spot, does that make sense, go to the second, okay.
Are you telling jokes while I'm ministering? Now, that's not funny. may go very slowly when I start these meetings. has the anointing, and you're about to.
Lord, we love you. We do. And we thank you for loving us. We thank you for your incredible plan of salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you that you did not leave us orphans, but you sent Holy Spirit. Now, Holy Spirit, I invite you to come more. Let the glory of the Lord come into this place. Let the glory rain down. Let the glory rain down. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you. And you know the cry of our heart, Lord, that this would not be just another conference. But this would be a time of impartation. That it would be like 1 Samuel 10, 6, when the Holy Spirit came upon us, we were changed into different people. Our lives were ruined for anything but revival. And we became carriers of your glory. And we moved in power. Say more, Lord. More. Come fall afresh. Fall afresh. Fall afresh on Jenny and Anna. Fall afresh. Thank you, Lord, for just the joy of seeing friends in the meeting who we know that you have touched through our ministry and others. And so Lord, we ask that you would come and have your way tonight in this weekend. In the name of Jesus, amen. who, like me, had not a clue of what was happening just then. Um, I, I, I didn't ask for this. It just happened. And um, my wife has finally gotten a request to me to not 
we so quick to just jump into preaching, but let the Holy Spirit move. And, and so I do, even though it's, it's terribly uncomfortable um, because I don't understand it, and I feel for you um, who, like me, don't know what's happening because you're not experiencing, you're not feeling anything. Um, I talked about that a little bit uh, during these conferences. Um, and so... Um, if you did not feel anything happening right then, if, if God was not moving upon you in a tangible uh, way that caused your body to manifest, don't worry about it. There are some times when He will shake you. That's what He did with me 18 years ago when I got saved at 47 years old, uh, and literally launched me into a healing ministry uh, as the first person I told her got healed. Um, and then all kinds of things started breaking out. But now. When he comes upon me, uh, I, I don't shake and bake, I don't um, flip and flop, and I, I don't tend to feel anything, and yet God continues to use me, and, and I, um, I, I do sometimes can see what God is doing, I can follow the ways of the Spirit, but what I have learned to do now is to watch my, my watch. He's like a weather balloon. She blows. <laughs> okay. Um, if you would take out your iPhones, the official phone of the revival, and um, put them on um, vibrate or turn them off. If your phone does not have a vibrate switch, time for a new phone. of you have never uh, seen Carol and me before? It's a bunch of y'all. Okay. And how many of you have never seen uh, Gary Oates before? Okay. There you go, Gary. Fresh blood. Yeah. Um, we, we have a, both of us have product tables out there. Um, and I, I have two products that I want to um, just bring to your attention. You know, I always hesitate to, to do this. It's all so self-serving uh, because basically it is. Uh, but look, 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 I know the value of this. I know we have some things to teach, uh, and I, I know the value of this. We, we had a woman buy our deliverance um, three-CD set a couple years ago, and uh, she gave it to her Baptist friend who did not believe. And, you know, he preached, basically preached. There's no such thing as demons, and, and you don't need to worry about that, and, and a Christian can have a demon, and all that kind of stuff. Well, she convinced her friend to uh, listen to these um, three CDs, and she listened to them three times. And on the third time, she was in her car listening to the, to the CD, and she started manifesting a demon. But because of the teaching, she was able to pull off the road and cast the demon out of herself and deliver herself. So I know... <laughs> I mean, I, I know that, that there's valuable teaching here. Um, there's a teaching that Carol has called the truth about healing. Um, she takes on the four major scriptures that too often people use to justify that, uh, that the Lord uh, gives sickness or at least capriciously allows it. She takes on um, scriptures such as the one about Paul's thorn in the flesh. If you've ever been taught, which we have, 
Or if you've ever thought that Paul's thorn in the flesh is a physical ailment, I believe Carol will show you scripturally that that's not true. And she takes on three other main scriptures that too often many people in the church, and we see this in headlines all the time. Um, several years ago, uh, a, a man's a wife had drowned their kids in the bathtub, as I remember. And uh, you could tell he had some sort of a church background because uh, his, his pastor was quoted in the, in the newspaper. And here, here was his comment, the, the, the man's, uh, the husband's comment. I don't know why God took my children. Maybe he needed more angels in heaven. Well, first of all, bad theology. We do not become angels. And secondly, God did not take those children. That was a, dem- a, dem- a demonic assault through that woman on those children. But we see this all the time. We, we just have this attitude that, that God's in a bad mood. And, and I'm going to say some more about that in just a second. So it's a tremendous teaching. Uh, I, I know nobody in this room believes that God gives sickness, um, but you know people who do. I mean, we hear it all the time. The other teaching that I will um, spotlight tonight, and then the rest of them are out on our table, and we have an explanation sheet of what our teachings are, so you can look at them, and uh, they're for sale. You can use credit cards. We also have a sign-up sheet out there. If you did not receive a notification from us about these meetings, and you would like to know when we come up to Northern California, the meetings we do, schools we hold, service schools, things like that, if you would like to give us your email address, we don't, we don't sell it. We don't use it for solicitation. We don't do anything else with it except to notify you uh, when we might have a new product out or when we will be in this general area. Uh, some of you who know us know that we lived up here for almost eight years. Two years ago, we moved back to San Diego, but we still do a lot of ministry up here. Uh, and so if you'd like to be on our email list, um, uh, you can sign up for that. So we have a book table back there. But the other uh, CD that I want to spotlight real quick is called Principles of Healing. Uh, I, I basically look at um, five major principles of healing. Principles which are true, but then I tell a story that seems to contradict the principle, and yet healing happens anyway. People tell us that when they heard the teaching, it literally freed them from a, a burden of feeling like they were trapped or they had to perform or whatever. Um, so I would encourage you, if you want to know more about healing, catching an anointing for healing and being released into the healing ministry, this um, principles of healing would be very good. Who's really interested in healing? Right back here. Okay, you want to hand this up first? And I can throw it without killing somebody. And who knows somebody who could probably use this teaching? I'm going to go right the man with the both hands up. Okay. Hey, all right. I mean, this sort of gets into my message, but um, but I just felt like I needed to talk about this. One of the fun things about coming on meetings like this and everything, we get to stay in a hotel, and sometimes the hotels have uh, USA Today, which I don't get except when I go and stay in a hotel. So I got the USA Today, and we came up yesterday, so we'd be ready for today. Um, I got the one for uh, yesterday, and then I got the one for today. Now, you're not going to be able to see this unless you're in the front row right here, so I'll just uh, show you what it is. It's a picture of a, a family, uh, a man and, a, and his wife and their daughter, and they're holding signs. They, this was when they were picketing um, the funeral of a man killed in Iraq, um, and, and at, at his funeral, they picketed the signs. Now, the daughter is holding a sign. This is for those of you who are look, wondering. That's, that's what it looks like. The daughter is holding a sign that said, God hates you, and the other sign says, not blessed just hurt. So 
because the soldier who died in Iraq was gay. The, the wife is holding a sign called, You're Going to Hell. And the man is holding a sign that says, God is your enemy. Now, what's wrong with this picture? Aside from the fact that the signs are just absolutely awful, the man is a pastor. Um, he seems to kind of be saying, God hates you and you're going to hell. Then today, in USA Today, there's a, an article about how America sees God. And it has a pie chart. And it says um, it, the, the ways that, that Americans have responded to a poll about how they see God. 28% say he is an authoritative God. 5% are atheists and uh, agnostics, and they don't, they don't feel real good about God to begin with. And 24% um, thinks he's a distant God, and 21% thinks he's a critical God. Only 22% believe that he's a benevolent God. You know, uh, what's encouraging about that is, um, Brent and Suzanne, it's, it's long-term employment for you because you've got a message of God is love and God loves you and, and you're not through with your message. <laughs> we still have a ways to go, don't we? You know, God is gooder than we think. So we really need to change the way we think. And it, isn't it amazing? We have a world out there who looks at God as being harsh, critical. I know this is how I was brought up. This is how I thought of, thought of God, that he was um, not too concerned with my day-to-day -day affairs, but he was up there watching me, waiting for me to mess up so he could crack the whip. Yeah. A lot of times your attitude toward God will be dependent upon how your attitude is toward your earthly mother or father. That's why the Sozo ministry is just so important. But God is in a good mood. So I was in this crazy church up here in the Bay Area 11 months ago. And it was one of those wild nights. And um, a lot of things happened, and we took some testimonies of people who had been healed in the meeting. And people were popping up all over, and they're having them shout out and what was wrong and now what was good and demonstrate what they could do. And my shoulder, I couldn't move it, and now look at me, and you know, those kind of things. And over on the side here, I see this guy, and he's doing this. He's, he's got his fingers together to show me that they're equal, and he's kind of doing this to me, kind of showing me. And um, I kind of looked over there, and I, I kind of flippantly said, what, so your finger grew out or something? And he said, yeah. So I brought him up, and he gave his testimony, and um, I actually have this on our website. Um, and I, I encourage you, if you love good stories, if you like to see the testimony, go to our website, uh, uh, and you'll see some great video testimonies. Anyway, this guy came up. Uh, you guys know him. He goes to this church. Uh, his name is Lee. And uh, uh, about 15 years ago, he had cut off, and now it's 15 years, he had cut off about a quarter inch of his little finger in an industrial accident. And as we were directing people in how to pray, a young man, about 20-ish, and I haven't seen him to see if he's here. He, he is here. Everybody's pointing. There you are, young man. Yeah. Okay. 
the young man was praying for him at my direction, and lots of people were standing up all over the room, and I was just kind of uh, helping them to pray and what to say and what to do and everything. And um, basically what happened was he felt the finger sort of like slump or grow, just get bigger, and all of a sudden it grew out. Is that right? And, and literally, Lee's finger grew out, and the, the fingernails started growing out. And I, I just uh, talked to, to Brent, and he said, uh, you know, absolutely, 11 months later, he is absolutely healed. The finger grew out. I heard, I heard it. it was, I heard somebody say it, but I don't know where. You said, yeah, yeah well, you've heard this before. Wow. When I hear a story like that, it makes me go, you know what the definition of the word wow is? No. No. You, you can't define a word with a word. Wow. To be greatly amazed, surprised, overwhelmed with sudden wonder. Now, wow is a biblical term, except that you don't find it in the Bible as wow. You find it as they were greatly amazed. Uh, you remember the story where the man uh, is lowered on the um, mat and Jesus forgives his sins and then, and then he pronounces healing and the man gets up and it says that the crowd said they were greatly amazed and they said, we've never seen anything like this. You know what they were really saying? That's what they were saying and they were really saying, wow, dude, did you see that man? Was that cool or what? That, that was the jargon of their day, except they said, we are greatly amazed. Now you see this in Mark chapter 2. I just, that's the story I just quoted to you. The paralytic is on the bed. He gets lowered down through the roof. And after he walked and was healed, it said they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we've never seen anything like this. How many of you are familiar with this book? They told me their story. Okay, that's a few of you. I really would encourage you, this book is uh, in, in a lot of the bookstores. Um, it's up at Bethel. You can order it online in various places. Get this book. This book is incredible. It came out about four years ago. Um, about two years ago, um, the author was at a meeting uh, with Randy Clark down in Southern California. He got to interview him, put it on his website. That was when I started hearing about it, and then Bill Johnson started talking about it. This man had the privilege, when he was about 17 years old, for six years, sitting at the feet of the older people who had been children and teenagers during the Azusa Street Revival, 1906 to 1909. Wow, thank you. A good group. And he was greatly amazed because he heard the stories. Now, the Azusa Street Revival, if you don't know too much about, about it, it broke out in Los Angeles, uh, actually in, in an old barn. A, a one-eyed black man uh, named William Seymour was the one who, who uh, basically God used to start this revival. It was not so much in terms of winning souls. It was all about the baptism of the Holy Spirit evidenced by speaking in tongues. And it literally spread it, it touched the world. I mean, it literally touched the world, and it birthed many Pentecostal, charismatic-type churches. And two of the, of the people who are featured in the book 
were actually two of the people who were teenagers at the time, and they were used to start the Assemblies of God. And many other people uh, uh, went on to have various ministries. And what was significant about the, uh, the, the meetings were the Shekinah glory of the Lord would come into the meeting in the form of an actual mist. Now, I know I've talked about this uh, at this church before because I was, I was starting to talk about it a lot last year because there was a prophecy back in 1909 and 1910. They're not real sure. There were two different prophecies, one by Seymour and the other by Charles Parham, independent of each other. They did not know they were prophesying the same thing. What they were prophesying was that in a hundred years, the Shekinah glory of the Lord would be revisited to the church in even greater measure. And one of the major attributes of the Azusa Street Revival was healing. And where literally limbs would grow out. I'm not talking about just a little finger. I'm talking about a whole arm. I'm not talking about one time in three years that somebody, three or four people got to see it. I'm talking about multiple times it happened and everybody saw it. And many times the Shekinah glory of the Lord would be so thick in the room, it would literally fill the entire barn. That's actually where they met, was in a barn. Well, I got so excited about that, I started asking the Lord. I wanted to see His glory. I wanted the glory to come in. I, I wanted something to happen in the, in the meeting. There, one time, um, we were in a meeting in Antioch uh, out here. Um, I don't know where I'm pointing, but Antioch out there somewhere, yeah, out that way. And, and uh, we're in this small church, and we have about, it's a Wednesday night, and there's maybe about um, 80 to 100 people in the meeting, and, and I, the Lord had just been speaking to me all week prior to that meeting, glory, 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 glory. And so as I'm giving words and knowledge and people are getting healed, um, I, I just felt like I was to invite the glory of the Lord. And then as I'm getting ready to give my message, I had one word of knowledge left, and it was for shoulder pain. Mobility of shoulder was, was restricted, or you had pain in the shoulder. And so I, I gave that word. Eight people stood up, and I began to explain that uh, I, I'm going to, to pray over you, and when you sense that there has been some healing, you can sit down. And I, I started to go into more detail about how I was going to pray, and I ate, sit, sit, uh, uh, sat down. And I said, whoa, 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 I haven't even prayed yet. You, you can't be healed. So I had them all stand up, and I pointed at them, and I said, are you trying to tell me that you had pain, you had limited mobility, and, and now you don't? And every one of them said, oh, yeah, I, I couldn't do this, now I can. Literally, there was a point in the service where it felt like the glory came into the room and slowly walked down the aisle, and as it, it was like a wave coming toward me as I saw the people fall, begin to weep, begin to shake, begin to laugh. It was literally like that. And I, I kept thinking, God, I want to see more of that. I, I read these stories I see about the Shekinah glory. I, I've heard stories about, about um, shimmering things and, and, and gold dust falling. And of course, we've had the, uh, the, the feathers in our meetings and things like that. God, I want to see more of that. And, and I just I, I didn't realize that one of the main things about the Azusa Street Revival was limbs growing out until it happened right here 11 months ago. I got really excited about that. It just made me go, wow. And then we were in a meeting in Walla Walla, Washington. 
you like do you like video testimonies? Do you like like stories about what God's doing? Um, let, let me set set this up and tell you the, the story a little bit. Um, we were doing a healing seminar, so we taught Friday night. We came back Saturday morning, and we were going to teach on some things about healing, how to partner with angels, uh, things that we're seeing, things that we don't often get to talk about when we're training ministry teams and things like that. And then we were going to pray for impartation. So we were going to talk about healing, but we weren't going to do healing. So we were going to pray for impartation, and we're going to do that here Saturday afternoon, by the way. We're going to pray for impartation, that you would have your eyes opened and that you would receive a greater anointing for healing. And we've seen that happen with a lot of people. So that's what we were going to do. Well, that Saturday morning, they were playing two songs just to kind of get us in, you know, everybody together. And they told me, uh, this woman has come to church today. She doesn't go to this church. She wasn't here last night. She's got this tremendously terrible migraine headache. And, you know, we just want to let you know that she's here. So she was sitting, you know, about where this woman in the glasses is, right behind the guy in the green, right about there in the, in the middle. So during the two songs, I went and I just kind of found out about her, that, you know, she, she just, every move, you could tell. I mean, every time she moved her eyes, every time she blinked, there was pain. You know, when you got a migraine, it hurts. Um, and, and so I just kind of prayed gently for her. And then I came up and began teaching. And, uh, I, I mean, I, I couldn't help but see her. And I, she's trying to follow me, and yet she's just in pain. So then we go into impartation. Now, we haven't prayed for healing at all. Now we've got them lined up all over the church, and we're going by, and we're praying. I get back to the back. I'm just about done. We're just about finished. We're almost ready to go. And I hear this uproarious laughter in the front of the church, and I come up, and I see Laurie sitting on the floor, and I had a chance to interview her. Would you show the video of Laurie? in March of 2009. She developed uh, a severe migraine headache last night. The Lord told her to come to this church today. She came in not looking like this. Lori, did you have pain this morning? Yes, sir. And what happened? Real brief. Glory. And how's your headache now? That about says it all, doesn't it? God bless you. Praise God. <laughs> That's good. You notice that she said glory? The glory came in. You know, what was so funny was um, that she didn't go to this church. She doesn't know who we are. Somebody told her about it. God, the, the meeting was starting at 10 o'clock in the morning. God woke her up at 10 minutes to 10 and said, go to the meeting. And she took me seriously. She didn't shower. She didn't get cleaned up. And she was still wearing her pajama bottoms. Now, that's desperation. She came back Sunday, mor uh, Sunday morning. Now, here again, it's not her church. This time, she's all dressed up. And she apparently had a shower, and she's wearing slacks. And she told us, my headache's gone. My back is healed. We didn't even know she had a back problem. My hips are healed. My knees are healed. My ankles are healed. My feet are healed. And my diabetes is under control. Yeah. That's the glory. That's the glory. Oh, God, we invite your glory. 
Acts chapter 3, 11. We know the story. It's the man at the gate beautiful. And John and Peter are going by and said, hey, you know, sorry, dude, don't have anything out for you. Don't even have any money. But what we do have, we give to you in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. And afterwards, as he is standing with John and Peter, the people are greatly amazed. Wow. So earlier this year, we were doing an Angels and Miracles conference in uh, Casper, Wyoming. And, uh, yeah, wow. I tell you what, you know, when you're in Casper, you're hungry. So there ain't nothing else going on. And they, I mean, they say that. I, we're not, they're just not, they come. They're hungry. They'll drive from all over the state and other states. I mean, we had a great crowd. Well, anyway, we didn't find this out until later when we did the interview. But, um, We've started seeing people who have metal in their bodies who have pain or restricted motion because of the metal. We're starting to see those people get healed. And so, at one point, we went after people who had metal in their body. We'd already seen a bunch of healings. And we... Um, we had those people who had metal in their bodies stand up, and all kinds of people were standing all over the room. And so then I had people who were around them be my ministry team, and I directed them with how to pray. And so um, when we finished praying, I said, now have the person try to do something they couldn't do. And the guy told me later, he said, well, I, I can't walk, so I'll try to run. And he started running around the church, and that's when we knew something was going on. What I want to do is show you this video of Gary as I'm interviewing him, and then I will tell you the whole story. Go ahead and roll the video of Gary. Okay. Um, tell me what happened just then. Um, I felt the relief. Felt the tingling and a warmness in my spine. And you, got, my, you got metal somewhere? I got brackets and screws and cages and you name it, it's in there. And, and so what, what does it do in, in a bad way for you? I mean, limit your mobility? I can't barely walk. You barely um, walk? I'm kidding. I mean, I've already had surgery four months ago. Just had surgery? Four months ago. And so your pastor knows this for a fact that, yes. that you've been kind of limited. And oh, now, yeah. what's happened? Um... I didn't realize that he had come back until I, I almost hit him. Oh, I did hit him. I almost put him out of condition. Let me tell you the whole story. He, um, he was hurt a year before. So this was March. He was hurt in like April, so 11, 11 months before, in an oil field accident. He had what's called a car's brake. He had no idea what that is. 
that it, uh, it broke his spine. And so uh, he didn't want to have surgery, but obviously he couldn't go if he told me. He said, I, I got confined to bed. I couldn't get out of bed. And I couldn't, thank you, uh, I couldn't um, dress myself if I needed to go anywhere. And frankly, I didn't go anywhere because I couldn't get out of bed. I was in constant pain. They couldn't do anything for me. And I was living on pain pills. So finally, he gave his life back to the Lord that summer. Uh, and then, in November, he submitted to surgery. And he described it like this. He said, they took four, uh, two brackets. They put it around his spine. They connected it with bolts and nuts and screws. And then they put some sort of a cord around his spine, and they poured cement in it. And they fused his vertebrae above and below it. Yeah, wow, not in a good way. And, and he said, I still couldn't get out of bed. I'm still living on pain pills. And I can't dress myself. And I can't go down to my daughter's bedroom to live down in the basement because I can't get up and down the steps. Said my, my life is just miserable, and there was no hope of going back to work to do the work that I that I was doing that, that I actually loved. And he started going to the church because he had given his life back to the Lord. He um, started going to church, and we were praying for him. He said, "You know, ever so slightly, I was getting a little bit better. I had some relief." And then a month before we went in there in March, so in February, he started physical therapy three times a week for an hour each uh, each time. And he said, you know, I'm still, I'm living on pain pills. And I, I can't work, I can't dress myself, I can't do anything. Well, that was Thursday night we got here, what you just saw. Then on, on our website, we have the follow-up interview. He said he went home, and, and this is a really interesting key. We're going to talk about this during this weekend. He went home, and the enemy started lying to him. You didn't really get healed. That was all emotional. That was psycho, psycho, psychosomatic. That was, you just thought that up. And he said, for a minute, I started to buy into it. And all the pain started coming back. And then he said, no, I got healed. And, he, and, and apparently that no, he said, it felt like he was catapulted into feeling better than when he had been before he had been hurt a year before. The next day, he went for his regular physical therapy checkup. He said, they, they get me down on the table, they check my spine, they check my hips, they do all these kinds of tests and stuff like that. And he said, after 10 minutes, they sit me up and they say, we don't understand this, but we can't find anything wrong with you. And, and there's no reason for you to be here, so we're discharging you. So he went to his job. Now, they had been telling him, you're going to be in physical therapy for a year, and you should forget about ever going to that job again. In other words, what they were really saying was, you'll never do hard labor again. You know, go, go be a clerk at Blockbuster until they go bankrupt. Uh, I mean, they... I mean, that's, that's really what they were saying. He went back to his job and said, I'm ready to go to work, and they were going to give him his job back the next week. So that's the interview that I did on Friday night. And then what you don't here, because we didn't find out about it, and we didn't do anything with it, because we had enough interviews. Sunday, we split up. Uh, I went to one church, Gary and, and Kathy went to the other church, and that was the church that he went to. His wife was not saved. 
She wanted nothing to do with God. That Sunday morning, she came with her husband. She told him, she said, Friday morning, I did something different. First time in years, I put on my own clothes and I put on my socks. That morning, he dressed himself and he and his wife and his family and kids went to church. And during worship, the wife went forward with tears streaming down her cheeks. And his mother led her to the Lord. Yeah. Luke chapter 4, verse 36. This is where the man with the unclean spirits in the synagogue, Jesus is there, and um, all the people, he basically cast out the unclean spirit. And all the people there, it says, it says, then they were all amazed, for with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. In this same conference in Texas, Angels and Miracles Conference in Castro, Wyoming, at one point, because we've been seeing so much happen with lumps and tumors, we, we, had, um, we had been in Brazil, and um, I don't even remember why, but I, I think it was because in October, several months before, we were in Copenhagen. And one of the gals there, I, I, I basically started, we were doing a healing seminar, and and, you know, they were, they're somewhat suspicious of us Americans, and frankly, rightly so. Basically, we're loud, arrogant, pushy, uh, and, and, and they don't like the way we minister for the most part. And so our, we had had two uh, people from Copenhagen, a, a young man and a young woman, come over for the ministry school in Vacaville. Uh, they did not really know each other before coming over. Uh, they were there for two years. They ended up falling in love. They got married and they went back and they're pastoring this church and they're bringing all the things they learned in the ministry school, prophecy, healing, deliverance, sozo, everything. They're bringing that back to their church and the church is somewhat resistant and, and there's some who, who like it and some who don't. And there's a the bunch of people who basically say, you know, we've seen a few people healed, but basically people come in, they teach on healing and a few people get healed and then they leave and there's no impartation, there's no training, there's no teaching. And, and the guy told me when we when he thought that we were only going to be able to come during the week, he said, I'm not sure we can get more than 20 people, but if you're willing to come, we're willing to host you and put this on. Well, it turns out that we went on a weekend, 160 people registered, representing 20 different churches. Wow, thank you. Yes, I appreciate that. And and so um, we, we went in there, and you know, normally, I mean, we, we knew all this. They were a little suspicious of us. They don't know us except these two people. And, and so it makes common sense to, you know, introduce ourselves and let them get a chance to know us and to see our style and, and that we're not pushy and, and, and that, you know, that we're really normal kind of people. One of us is. But um, I'm just kidding. It's Carol. Carol's the normal one. I'm the... But, but I felt like the Lord said, I don't want you to introduce yourself. I want you to introduce me. So I got up, and I literally started with, if you have a pain in your body, stand up. People stood all over the place, and I said, put your hand where your pain is. So, you know, some people had headaches, and some people had shoulder problems, and hip problems, and stomach problems, and neck problems. And, and so anyway, we get this testimony. And, you know, God just, God did this because he 
want to spotlight that he's a loving God and he's ready to pour out his healing. He spotlights the worship leader. The 35-year-old gal, uh, they called her Rocker Mama, we called her Rocker Chick. Uh, she's just a great gal. It's on our website as well. Uh, 35 years old, and a man could she rock. She had a, 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 a lump in her neck for eight years. The doctor said it's not a tumor, but I can't do anything about it. You're just going to have to live with it and live with the pain. That's a lot. And it was so painful that week, and particularly that day, she literally was in tears and thought she wasn't going to be able to lead, lead ministry. So she said, I, I got up and I laid hands on, my, on, on the, the lump. I didn't expect anything to happen. And the lump disappeared under her fingers. Well, I think that's why we started going for it down in Brazil, and we saw in a, in a, in a um, two-night period, we had probably 25 lumps and tumors just totally disappear. And, and, and kind of to, to I think, uh, punctuate it, right after Christmas um, last year, I had, I've had a bump underneath my eye. I've, I've had it for certainly 20, 25 years. Just a little bump. And it just popped out. It, it was what's called a sebaceous cyst. And, and I've had these before. Uh, doctors have told me you cannot medicate them. Um, you, 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 you can't shrink them. You, you can't, they don't go away. You have to cut them out. And I've had a couple of them cut off my body. But I also had three pop out after I became a Christian. And I, I uh, had, in a 24-hour period, I had three groups of people pray for those to make the One was my new charismatic uh, crazy people friends who believe in healing. They prayed for me. And then I had my mainline denomination of people who believe in healing but never seen it. Uh, they prayed for me. And then I had my mainline denomination of friends who I don't believe in healing and have never seen it, but they did it anyway. I had those three groups of people pray for me and the sebaceous cysts were gone within 24 hours. So I, I had faith to believe for that. So we started praying for that. Now, here's another lesson. Here's another point. It didn't go away when we prayed. So we quit praying. No, we kept on praying. You know, every couple of weeks, every couple of days, we would lay hands on Carol, and I would just pray for it. And over a month and a half period, it did get a little bit smaller and smaller and smaller. And then now we're down in Brazil. After the second night, when we'd seen about 25 people with lumps and tumors totally disappear, that morning when I got up to, to uh, you know, shave and, and wash my face and do all that kind of stuff, it literally, the last remnant of the scab fell off in my hand. So, so in, this, in this Angels and Miracles uh, conference in Casper, we went after lumps and bumps and tumors and this, that, and the other, um, and basically had... Um, People go, we, we released a, a ministry team, uh, people that we had selected in the past or helped select. And there were a bunch of people who were standing. So we just told them, you don't have time to pray. Sozo kind of prayer. You have 10 seconds to release the power of God and then move on. All things made new. Lumps disappear. In the name of Jesus, be healed and go. Release the power, release the power, release the power. And this gal, she was the... She and her husband were associate pastors of a mainline denominational church. And she, she told me, she said, we could actually get in trouble for being here. And I said, well, you sure you want me to take your testimony? She said, yeah, I don't care. It's going to be on my website. She said, I don't care. So if you would, run the one with Chris, and let's watch this.
We are at the Angels and Miracles Conference in Casper, Wyoming in March of 2010. Chris, what happened to you tonight? Um, I had a lot of heart issues. And I had a big lump on the back of my neck, and after God made me get on the phone, and it disappeared. Disappe- it disappeared. You've been to chiropractors. You've spent money. I've spent thousands of dollars and massaged it out. It was just always there. It's scar- it's, they just said it's scar tissue. It'll never go away. It'll never heal. And did you feel anything? When when I when when things were just showering down. I just felt assurance. Wow. And then I went and went up and it's gone. And now the mobility of your neck? I could look down. You I couldn't never, do that before. I couldn't. And I couldn't look all the way up. Wow. Because it was it was bozong. My whole spine was bozong. So now I can do that. And I've been looking around and I don't have a tension right here. Wow. I just have a use of tension right here and I can actually look wow. up straight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Don't you love that? I hope I hope you you notice that my main stories that I've just told are single during that. The glory coming in and healing Larry of migraines and back problems and hip problems and knee problems and ankle problems and diabetes. The lump in the neck, the metal. I don't know where did it go. I I don't have a clue. I don't I don't I don't I don't know. I, I don't know. If you're going to be in the healing ministry, there's a good example of how you need to have the ability to say three words. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Understand all of this. I'm. I'm just a donkey. Jesus rides in on. I just stick out my skinny little hands and say, come Holy Spirit, it's up to him. Lump in the neck, disappeared. All, all those stories, the main stories that we told right there were all here in the United States. One of the things that we see happen in, in these Angels and Miracles conferences and the meetings that we do and, and, and in the meetings that Gary does independent of each other. We, this is our, I think, our sixth uh, one we've done. We've got another one scheduled for later this month, and then uh, we'll be in Albuquerque, and we're already scheduling uh, two more um, uh, in Raven Falls, uh, North Carolina, where, where Gary helped me with. Um, so we'll be doing more of these next year. I mean, we're just seeing incredible things happen. We really, are, literally, are seeing miracles. We're seeing, we're seeing lives put back together. We're just seeing God, who so loves us, he wants to wow us. He wants us to understand he's about to pour out the greater thing. I have a, I have a CD back there called The Coming Healing Revival. And, and Bob Jones just, he's had this prophecy, but he said, the time is now. It has started right now. A billion soul harvest has started in the last couple of weeks. And I believe that. And one of the keys to the harvest is healing. When you introduce Jesus the healer, it becomes very easy to introduce Jesus the Savior. 
so one of the things that we see happening in these passages is God coming to wow us, to let us know we haven't seen anything yet. That stuff that you read about in the Azusa Street Revival and, and the Latter Rain and, and the healing movement of the 1950s, that's all child's play with what I'm about to do. There is a coming healing revival. And he prophesied it, and he said, you must accept this. He, he literally is telling the church, I'm getting ready to pour out my spirit. He's been telling the church, and it happened, and we need to pay attention to what he's been saying. And he's saying, I'm about to pour out healing in greater measure. And it's not going to be done just by the, the main people that, that, that you, you know and love and People who are generous, like Randy Clark and, and Bill Johnson, Heidi Baker, and you know, you go on and name whoever it is that you feel has a, a strong healing anointing. It's, it's not, it's not just through them. It's the nameless, faceless generation. That's we're all part of that. It's the little old me. It's, it's, it's the people who may never get their name on the Elijah list. You may never see them on the internet. You, you may never know who they are. You may never have known that Jenny from Vacaville. Fifteen, or, or rather nine months after I called her out of a meeting in 2001 in Vacaville, nine months later, she raised the dead in Troops of San Francisco. But you may never have heard of her. Anna, a feisty little Hispanic gal who is a Baptist gal who somehow made her way to the church there in Vacaville and uh, happened to be one night when we were speaking, she didn't like it. She didn't like some of the stuff she was being challenged with about healing. But God grabbed a hold of her and ended up putting her in the ministry school. And God has used her powerfully with a healing anointing. But you may never have heard of Anna. You may never have heard of Lori. Lori's in the meeting. Lori got called out by Carol in a small uh, church, probably back in 01 or 02. As, as literally Carol prophesied over her and brought her out of a, 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 a hidden place and prophesied into her destiny. And, and now, this woman who um, still is in a mainline church but goes and infiltrates that church and infiltrates other churches carrying the power and the presence of God has now, I don't think she had ever been on a mission trip, I don't think she had been much of anywhere. Now she's been to Mozambique, she's been to Brazil, going on a trip in another week to Colombia with us. I mean, she's been all over the world and carries a healing anointing. God wants to anoint many of you. God wants to wow us. He wants to move through us and to us. 